Welcome to AOI Gaming episode 26. I am your host Perry and I hope you all are having a lovely evening. And today I got a really good new friend. If you say I met him on Twitch, you know, that's the best place to meet people at, in the gaming world, of course. And his name is Tyler. How you doing tonight, bro? Doing pretty good, Perry. That's good, that's good. Well, like I was gonna tell you, what the show is about is how about how video games have might have made an influence on your life. So just think about all the games we played. I'm pretty sure one of them has made an impact on your life. <laughs> Definitely. So we're just going to ask you what video game has made an influence on your life. We, If you have multiple ones, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, the biggest one would have to be Kingdom Hearts. And I've started Kingdom Hearts back in middle school. Um, back after it had been out for a couple of years, I was a little bit late to the game, but after the first one, I got every single one of them on release day, played through them. I played through all of them yearly, at least I try. And oh, it's just, yeah, it's, um, my favorite game series of all time. Just the themes of the friendship and whatnot has really just, um, helped grow me to who I am right now. Hmm. Interesting. Because like I played... I played Kingdom Hearts growing up too, so it's like, oh yeah, it's one of those uh, games you must play growing up. Like, there's no stopping it. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was one of the few of my group of friends who had played it. There were maybe like two or three others, but everyone else was just like, oh Disney, oh, that's too childish for me. Because this is back during middle school when you know you have to be popular and do sports and whatnot. And I was just back in my room, know- little room playing Kingdom Hearts. You know what's crazy about that is like shout out to Recency Bias Radio, who's a really good friend of mine that's doing big things. He's actually said on this podcast that Kingdom Hearts was a way for us to realize that we didn't have to grow up so fast. Mm. You, you, could you see what he's talking about? You could yeah, agree with that? Is Sora, you know, he is such a child. He has his serious moments, but. Um, even up through Dream Drop's distance, he's just such a goofy character. And then Riku kind of counterbalances him as the more mature, more serious persona. But um, yeah, Sora is just all around goofy. Um, hanging out with Donald and Goofy every now and then Mickey. You know, it's just it really it gives you that sense of childhood. Um, just especially as you go around all the different Disney worlds. Um, as a player. You know, you are getting thrown into the stories of all these movies that you grew up with, that you know, that you love. And then are you going through these, you know, different stories as a brand new character and just the different ways that they um, produce that story while throwing in Sora and the gang really is a creative just masterpiece. Yeah, because it's like at first it's like, like you said, like you you're getting thrown into all the stories, but then like you realize that Kingdom Hearts has its own story as well. And like I I always thought like, well, is Sora a Final Fantasy character or is he a Disney character? <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, he's just his own character. Like it's just clear as day that like Square did like said like he's our own character, and like he's probably. One of my top five favorite heroes of all time, like in video games. Now I can say, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I can see that too. Um, funny fact: um, Disney owns the um license to Sora in the game. Uh, Sora, Carrie, Riku, but like uh, even though they own him, he definitely doesn't really fit with just a standard Disney character. He is more of his own thing. He is a Kingdom Hearts character. Mm, like, that like, makes sense. Uh, that makes yeah. sense. But. I think I've I think I you're the person I know that posted a top twenty five RPGs JRPGs and you oh, like, yeah, over on Twitter yeah <laughs> yeah so you're like uh, if they don't put Kingdom Hearts on this thing and like I was gonna ask you this like why do you feel like Kingdom Hearts is a cult classic like it feels that way like granted it was big when it first came out but it definitely feels like a cult classic. Yeah, um, the reason it would be a cult classic, um, you know, has a smaller following base because after Kingdom Hearts 2, um, whenever Square and Disney started putting out new games on the PSP and the DS and the phone and the 3DS, people lost interest because people didn't want to have to go out and buy all these new systems just to keep up with the story. And, I mean, that's a valid concern. It's a valid argument. Um, They spread out the series too thin. But... I don't know. I've always been one to follow it. I never had a PSP. I actually borrowed a friend's uh, PSP and their copy of Birth by Sleep so I could play through it when it came out. I bought a 3DS just so I could play Dream Drop Distance and go back and play 358 Days Over 2 and recode it. Um, and, but the good thing Square has done, as you know, they've ported the, all the games, uh, whether they're in gameplay format or in movie format, to the PS3 and the PS4 to help people get caught up. And that was a very, very smart move of them. Well, exactly it is, because what's crazy is that some of my friends never played Birth by Sleep, and that's, like, one of my favorite of the series. So it's like, huh? <laughs> it's in my top three for sure. Oh, wow. So was it probably two, one, then three, then Birth by Sleep? Got it. That's it. <laughs> And nothing beats two. King Hearts two is just like my game of all time. I love it. The story, <laughs> the gameplay, the mechanics. Oh, it's just oh, I could talk about it forever. <laughs> well, that's the thing though. Uh, how do you feel about Tetsuya Nomura? Like his whole idea of like, I guess he gets like blackballed for be- for all his games he comes out with because it seems like. What I've encountered, because like I've been upset with them, it's just that we were ready for the next game, but it's like it's taking forever. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, twenty eighteen is the uh, closest we have to a release date. Um, obviously, I'm like hoping for March, but that's not going to happen. It's going to be you know November, December before it actually comes out. I can almost guarantee it. As much as I don't want that to be the case, but. Um, I think a lot of it is Square and like their producers and their publishers more so than Tetsuya Nomura himself. I think they are spreading him too thin. They're like, hey, uh, we know you make good games. We love the character designs. So we're going to have you work on Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy and all these other games all at the same time. And I can just imagine how stressful it is for him. Like, I don't think he... I don't think... It's all his decision on what they make him do. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. But it's it just feels like, okay, I remember reading the thing from the president of Square where he said, like, we don't want gamers to wait too long. 
but then he put uh, Namara on Final Fantasy VII as well. I'm like, wait, you just said he didn't want them to wait too long. Why did you just put them on another project? <laughs> yeah, it's oh man. Ever since he left uh, Versus Thirteen, um, I want to say when he left that, that's when he ended up going to Final Fantasy VII, all while keeping up with Kingdom Hearts Three, because they moved to Jima Habita or Habita to Jima. Yeah. Oh, something oh, like that. I'm, I'm sorry. You're fine. Oh, yeah. With him oh, yeah, too. Google for a reason. Yeah. No. You're fine. So, Keep going. Yeah. Keep talking. You're good. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um. <laughs> see. I just. I really think. Uh, Touching more. does know what he's doing. Um. But he has to like balance his time between the two. And that's one reason I think they keep porting all these Kingdom Hearts, you know, old games to newer consoles is just to give like a smaller group um, something to do so that the Kingdom Hearts community can continue to receive games on a yearly basis while they make, while they keep like the bulk of the team working on three. And then um, I'm sure you've heard, but Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be episodic. Yes. It's going to be two, three, four, who knows how many episodes. And so uh, they're doing that in smaller chunks so they can get it out to the community faster, which, I mean, I'm iffy on that still. I would much rather just wait until, you know, 2022 or whatever and then release the entire Final Fantasy VII remake at once. Hmm. Well, you're, you were correct. It's Hajim Tabata, just so you know. So Okay, Jima There we go, yeah. Yeah, you were correct. Uh, but, yeah, uh, but when they said that Final Fantasy VII is going to be episodic. It kind of had me worried. Like, so I'm like, it's only going to be like two hours or something. Mm-hmm. But then they said that it's going to be the length of Final Fantasy XIII, which is about 40 hours. I'm like, well then, you better not, you better not sell it to me for 60 bucks then. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I think um, whenever they said episodic, I was worried the same thing. I thought it was going to be like the Telltale games. But um, what I think is exit um the Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy, were three separate games, and I think something they are likely to do is to separate it. Basically, you know how the old game had like three or four discs. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna essentially convert like each disc to its own game, while adding content and redistributing it to where it's kind of even all the way across. So I think uh, what they have planned will work well. It's just, I don't know, the only thing they've done this before, or done with this before, is Final Fantasy Thirteen, which, you know, at the time, we didn't know it was going to be a trilogy. Well, uh, there is actually an update, as I'm looking online, for those listening, that there might be some important information coming for Seven, like, for, like... But like, we won't we won't hear about it until the PlayStation Experience in December. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're in, uh, <laughs> look forward towards that for anyone listening because it's it's right like December is actually right around the corner. So no, it's less than a month and a half away. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Like you're just sitting there thinking, like, dang, like we just. We're flying through October. Like, October is just flying. Now, what you been playing here recently? 
Um, honestly, I haven't had much time with school and work going on, but um, I know I'm looking forward to Mario Odyssey. comes out Friday. Oh, yeah, that's going to be probably my big thing um, the next little bit. Uh, where every time I have is probably going to be dedicated straight to that. Um, mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to pick up a Super Nintendo Classic. So um, how do you feel about it? I really like it. It's a lot of fun. They picked a lot of really good games. They left out a couple really core games, I feel. Mostly Chrono Trigger. But Oh, yeah. And most of the games they have are fantastic. They got Final Fantasy 3, which is really Final Fantasy 6. And Earthbound and Donkey Kong Country and Super Metroid and all these. And I've actually been making my way through Super Metroid when I can, along with playing Donkey Kong Country for the first time. I'm oh, just, for the first um, time, damn. Yeah, just half an hour to an hour at a time. The last couple of weeks is all I can really fit into it. But I'm having a lot of fun because when I was growing up, my first game system ever was a Game Boy Color and then PS2. So I missed out on the PS1, the N64, the Super Nintendo, all of those older like classic systems. So this is my first like foray into the Super Nintendo era, and I'm absolutely loving it. So... Huh. Have you ever played Secret of Mana? No. But I've heard, heard it is essential. It is, pro it is uh, considered to be the best RPG game of all time. Now, granted, if you don't want to play it on the SNES Classic, you can just wait. Because it's supposed to be, be having like a remake for the PS4 that comes out next year. Right, yeah, the whole little 3D one, which I've seen the community is kind of split on. A lot of people are like, oh, they're going to ruin the classic. And others are like, oh, yeah, they're making a remake. This is exciting. So, yeah, no, I'm kind of like, torn as well. Are you torn as well? Like, how do you feel about remakes in general? Like, like we're talking about Final Fantasy VII and then, like, Secret of Mana. But, like, but how do you feel about, like, remakes of the game? To be honest, I'm mostly indifferent to them for the most part. Um, of course, you know, I love the Kingdom Hearts remakes. If they add something to it, then by all means go for it. But the, like going back to the Kingdom Hearts, as always, uh, they added the final mix versions of Birth by Sleep 1 and 2, which, you know, added a bunch of extra content. With the Final Fantasy 7 remake, they're completely overhauling the graphics and the battle system and the whole gameplay itself it's still rpg but it's not the same classic era final fantasy game and so yeah. those definitely are a lot more like up my alley as far as remakes go but then um you know even way back in the super nintendo era they had remade like the original three super mario games into super mario all-stars which, you know, it's a smart thing to do because if people miss out on, like, one generation, they can still play them on the newer one. But I think the thing is, I would much rather have backwards compatibility rather than being forced to, like, buy a whole new remake of a game I may or may not have played the generation before. So if I could pick, it'd be backwards compatibility. But since a lot of games don't have, or a lot of systems don't have that, then uh, remakes are the best we can hope for, and I'm down with it. Mm -hmm. Now, 
that like we were talking like that leads me into my next question then like how do you feel when people say that Nintendo doesn't do anything but just rinse and repeat all their stuff? Well, you know, um, in one hand, they're not wrong. You know, they have so many Mario games, so many Zelda games. But on the other hand, um, each one, they do change a little bit or enough to make it justifiable. Like, you know, the original Mario games were the 2D sets rolling ones. Um, the later in the generations you go, you get power-ups. You get They add Yoshi into it. They add all these cool little mechanics that justify a new one. It's not just Mario 1.5. It really is Mario Bros. 2 and Mario Bros. 3. And then uh, same with Zelda. You know, the, if you think back in the GameCube, they had Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, two totally opposite Zelda games in terms of graphical style and story. But the core Zelda game is still there. It's one of those, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But tweak it a bit to keep it interesting. Well, if it's, like I said, Breath of the Wild, if it's the best game, then I don't care. Like, it's like <laughs> the best game. Like, yeah. how did you feel about Breath of the Wild? Oh, man, it was phenomenal. Um, I played that when I was on summer break. I had nothing to do. I dropped 60 hours into it in seven days. Oh, and, wow. Shit. Yeah, I just played it nonstop, and I absolutely loved it. It was so good. It was, that one, you know, is one that is really different from previous Zelda games. The open world, the less focus on dungeons, but the more, like, you know, miniature-sized shrines. And with only four main dungeons, um, you know, it was definitely something I wasn't expecting initially. But as I played it, I really liked it. I really did. Well, well a lot of people say, like, that's what it's not Zelda though doing that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, there's no music going off when you open the chest, or like they took away the hook shot. I'm like, really? That that's what <laughs> makes Zelda Zelda. I didn't think that is what made Zelda Zelda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, granted, those are all key components in it, but like, how can you like sit there and say the game's not good if just for those reasons? It just felt weird. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I see the argument for it not being a Zelda game. It, it did play kind of more like Skyrim in a sense, but at the same time, you did still have dungeons. You still got those different items. You had the bombs and the stasis, stuff like that. And then, you know, the music going off for the chests, to me, isn't a big deal. They still had chests. Yeah. It's a big thing. Then there was still that sense of exploration. It was just done in a different way than it had been before. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. So I was just like, dang, I can't. Like, even people that have never played a Zelda game are like, yeah, this shit's great. Like, just <laughs> is just great right here. Like, it is the best game. <laughs> but, it like, is so good. And said, as we're still focused on, I guess, Nintendo, Nintendo section, it's like, how do you feel when people say, like, there's no games for the Switch? I mean, there's a difference in no games for the Switch and, like, a few 
wonderful games on the Switch. Like, you know, for me, I only have Splatoon and I have one more. I don't even know what it is right now. Gosh, I'm so brain dead. You have arms. No. Um, snipper clips. I have a snipper clips demo, but not the oh, actual okay. one. Um, actually, you know, I, I think I might just have Spl- the full game Splatoon right now because I've been waiting on Odyssey. Because I played Breath of the Wild on the Wii U before we got the Switch. Because we didn't have the Switch yet, but I couldn't wait to play Zelda. And so we bought it on the Wii U. But, yeah, with Mario Odyssey coming out this week, that's probably going to be the last game I get on the Switch for a while, at least until uh, Christmas or a little bit after. Because I think it's just going to occupy all my time, and it's going to have someone's content in it. I think it'll hold me over for a good long while. I'm trying to go in spoiler free, man. <laughs> spoiler free. I don't want to see you. a single I don't want to see a single thing. I got all my all my friends are like, "Oh, look at this and that." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't want to see anything." <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that to yourself. And like people go like, "Why do you want to do that?" I'm like, "Because um I did that with Zelda and it turned out to be really really good. I'm going to do it with Mario." Just the same way, like Wait, Mario Rabbits, isn't that the game that you have? You're, you're right, that is the other one. Just, <laughs> I, I beat that one in, in like a week, and I haven't actually gone back to beat all the challenges or anything. But that How do one... you feel about that game? Because I'm still currently playing it. I remember taking a poll asking you guys, what should I play? And you were like, well, Destiny 2, would you would do this. <laughs> right, Mario right. Rabbits is just fun. Yeah. No, sure, just, just, just get Mario Rabbits. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Like I said, I'm branded. Um, Mario Rabbit. It was just something out of like out of the blue. No one was expecting it. Um, I've never played a Rabbit's game before. Never played the uh, Rayman Rabbit's thing on the Wii or any of the others that came out since then. But I love tactical RPGs like Fire Emblem. I've only played a couple Fire Emblems, but all the ones I have played, I really enjoyed. Now, how do you play Fire Emblem? It's it's fun. Um, it's hard, but it's meant to be. Because so, I've never played it. So. Fire Emblem. Yeah. So like everyone's like, you should play it. I'm like, why though? Um, a lot of it is a character interaction. Um, between the main missions you go through and you, um, there are different like conversations that are held between characters that improves their relationship. Um, and I think it was Awakening where they introduced the pairing system where you can have two units share a tile. And then they each get bonuses from the other, like an offense or defense bonus, extra attack, um, a guard, something like that. And as they are unified together in battle more and more, then like they build a relationship and they can eventually get married. And then there's a cool thing in the middle um, where it kind of skips a little bit. And all of a sudden you're playing with these units and their children, which is really cool because that changes based on who you have paired with who. And it's just, it's a very slow paced top down strategy RPG. Um, you know, you move so many units, um, you choose someone to attack. Um, sometimes you can use like an item instead or something. And each weapon is like a rock, paper, scissors thing. There are swords, axes, bows and arrows i don't remember all the details of what beats what or anything like that right now but 
there's there's a lot to it but it the pacing is really good in it as well so, so it, it's would, more complex mario rabbids okay so more complex than mario rabbids because like i'm playing it currently and like mario rabbids i'm just like i've never played xcom a day in my life but this shit's fun <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it, it's so good. They over not oversimplify it, but they do simplify it in Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. It's accessible to nearly everyone. It gets really hard. Um, it, there is a lot of strategy involved, but the core concepts are simple. You move, you attack, and you use some kind of super if you have it available. Um, there's only three modes of cover. There's 100%, 50%, or you're out in the open. Whereas XCOM, you know, it's a lot more in depth. There's like, you can be uh, behind like 25% cover, 50, or probably 75, I'd imagine. And I kept hearing people complain, like, you could have a 97% chance to hit an enemy and you miss. And that sounds so frustrating. But in Mario Rabbids, it's yeah. 0, 50, or 100. So, yeah. and like, I don't know, it's, it's accessible but difficult it's accessible and funny yeah it, it is really funny too it's not <laughs> the most like laugh out loud game i've ever played but i got a few really good chuckles from it for sure now like without spoiling because we won't go in too further for those who are still playing the game what mm -hmm. team did you roll with um i spent most of my game with mario luigi and rabbit peach Ooh, okay. I'm like, we're in the same company then, for real. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Later in the game, I tried to change it up some here and there as you got more characters, because I wanted to try everybody out. But you know, it just there were the restrictions. You had to have Mario, and you had to have a single rabbit at least, and then you could pick whoever you want for the third character. And just the way they Luigi worked out. Luigi feels like the better sniper, though, for real. He's a better sniper than what I've seen so far. Yes, he um, is the main sniper. He can hit, you know, say 15 units away from someone else's 10. Um, he has a really high base damage, but his health is so poor, man. He, he I got one shot by, with him, like, a lot. And that made him really difficult for boss fights, I noticed. But if you can position him correctly and kind of stay one step ahead of the enemy rabbits, then you're good to go. Okay, I'll have to check that out because, like, I I keep dying with them. Like, really, like, mm. fuck, you're you're actually the main access to this team to make it work, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you just you really got to utilize that distance of his sniper and um, upgrading his health early on is pretty good. But like I said, like, keep him alive. Like I said, like this game is pretty much a gem, but no one's playing it. Like, it really is just like really, really good. Like. Mm -hmm. I, I know the rabbits are you know, throwing a lot of people off, and people are like, oh, I don't want to play. I don't like the rabbits. But, I mean, uh, again, I haven't played another rabbits game before, but from what I've seen on the internet, they're not as played up here as they tend to be. They're not as annoying. They're not just, they're not stupid. They're, they, they're funny. They do a lot of, like, you know, slapstick humor or whatever, which is fine. I don't mind it. And they're there, but they're not too in your face, which I really like. Cuckoo, aren't you a Twitch streamer too? Or 
I was, I was for a while. I haven't streamed in a long time. Um, okay. So what what made you want to get into the uh, streaming world for a little bit? Um, really, it is. It looked like fun. I've seen a lot of people do it. I watched I watched a few streamers, and um, once they announced Kingdom Hearts on the PS4, I was like, oh yes, I have to do this. I'm gonna go through the Kingdom Hearts games and stream these and share my love with this game with everybody. And um, got through one of the games. I actually was doing that as a duo stream um, with another streamer, but we kind of lost time to do that together and I haven't wanted to really pick it back up without him. Um, so I streamed a little bit of ukulele, some Bloodborne uh, on my own, but I really missed that like partnership of doing it with someone else. Mm -hmm. so it was hard for me to get going solo, I guess. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Look, I see some streams that do that, like where it's like, well, if I had somebody with me, it'd be great, but like not, then I can do it, but it's not as fun. Right, exactly. Yeah, and if I'm not having, you know, as much fun on my own, I feel like I'm not doing a justice to the viewers and just felt like it would be best to wait until I had more time with my other guy who we were doing Keaton Hearts with. So, mm -hmm. But, like, I think you said, have you platinumed every one of them or most of them? I platinumed all of them on the PS3. And um, I platinumed one, two, and Chain of Memories on the PS4. Um, I am nearly done with the Platinum of Birth by Sleep. I just have mm. to go through and complete the reports with every character. But oh, I played sure. through it on Critical with each of them. Did the final episode, did the secret episode, and all of that. And I, oh, I, did, I did Platinum Dream Drop Distance as well in the 2.8 collection, along mm. with getting all of the trophies for 0 0.2, which I don't think had a Platinum because it was just like a two-hour game. Yeah. No. Well, how old are you again? I am twenty-six. Oh, so you're you're my age too. So like, well, I guess Kingdom Hearts two came out when we were like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, 15, yeah. like um, right before we hit freshman year of high school. I remember that. Mm -hmm. But um, I I was talking to my dad earlier because like he's into the uh, series as well. I'm like I've said oh, that yeah. on like recent recent episodes, like uh, earlier episodes of this. That um, he would get, he got pissed off at me for playing Kingdom Hearts two. And I was like, "Why are you mad?" He's like, "Look, he, you know what he said? Like, what mode are you playing on?" I said, "Proud mode." He said, "What the fuck are you doing playing on proud mode, Perry?" Oh, <laughs> like, what do you mean, Dad? It's just proud mode. He's like, "Yeah, but you're only fucking fifteen years old. Shouldn't be playing on the hardest difficulty." He was just jealous. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> and then, of course, with the re-releases in the final mix, uh, they include a critical, which is such a fun challenge. I really enjoy my Kingdom Hearts 2 critical runs. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you like Persona or no? Or I played Persona 4 Golden up to, for like 20, 30 hours, and I enjoyed it, but... Something came up. I don't remember what, but I just stopped playing it for a couple weeks. And by the time I went back to get back into it, I was kind of lost already. And so I just mm -hmm. kind of put it down. And to be honest, the exact same thing happened with Persona 5. 
I oh, planned it. I, I liked it. Um, I got 36 hours into that one. I completed the second uh, castle, I guess you would say, basically a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working my way towards the third. And there's just so much to it. And unless I have like four or five hours to sit down and really, you know, focus on it, it's not one I can just pick up and play for 30, 40 minutes here and there. I need a good long session to really get into it. It took me 153 hours to beat, bro. So. Oh, gosh. So I'm like, just I'm to beat. 36 hours. I'm not even third away <laughs> there. No, you're no, no, you're nowhere near close. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> but like, like this has just been a year for me, like where I play, like I feel like I play like everything in its core, and I feel like nobody can really, really touch me, like mm-hmm. in game criticism, because yeah. I know there are a lot of games I need to play still. But it's just like you look at it, like Breath of the Wild. Okay, cool. Then I played Horizon Zero Dawn, platinum Ooh. that. You and me both, man. I platinum that one time through, like first time ever, just one time through. I said, I'm just going to platinum it one time through. Yeah. Did that, played The Witcher 3 for the first time and beat it. I was like, oh my God, this is like. Oh man. So, and then like Splatoon, and then like Near Automata. You ever played Ooh, that one? Yeah, that's a good one. I played through yeah. ending A. I did not go through endings B and C, but I did play through uh, I, the first one. I say because I'm becoming more of a reviewer as I get more into the gaming industry, like yourself, kind of, sort of. But uh, so I felt like that would be the first really good game I could review. And like seeing how I'm always looking for something influential in video games, just because like we talk about them so much, but like I'm pretty sure like what's actually influenced you about it? Like we enjoy them, but like tell me why. Like someone's like, well, the gameplay is this and that, but like no, but What's the impact on it? Like, what impact can it have on you? And I saw Nier Automata do that to me. Like, because at the end of that game, like, I'll tell you the difference in how I see influences. Persona 5, it was like I was fist pumping at the end of the damn game. Like, it was, it made me that happy. Like, Mm -hmm. really great. That finally beat beat the game. Nier Automata, actually was in tears it was just different you know like it was just a different experience i'm like yeah i definitely know what i want to get into Mm. but like i reviewed that game and it was just like okay i know what i want to do now gotcha and like have you ever played the last guardian i haven't yet no um i I played through shadow of the colossus a couple times but i never um went back to play um ico or went forward to play last guardian i'm planning on it i've never played but not Mm -hmm. soon like you said like you like you said you got a lot on your plate and like that's what happens like we can't be man child all the time but (laughs) when we have the chance it's like okay what are we gonna play right yeah no man this (laughs) summer though let me tell you about it real quick um i was on summer break from school and it didn't have any kind of job going on at the time so I devoted my summer to getting rid of my backlog of games. I ran through 32 games in three months. Shit. And, well, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, boom, 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 just checking all these games off my list. 
um, some of them I had started before, so I would pick up like halfway through or something. There were a lot I had, you know, started years back and then just kind of gave up on. So I started those from the beginning. There's a lot of like more recent titles that I was picking up for the first time, just wanting to get through them. Um, but it was, man, this summer was so much fun. And then once school started back, I just hit a wall and had to stop. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like we like when, like one of our friends again said this: like you don't want to have a back catalog for video games. You don't want to do that because you'll never get around to the game. And like right. he like he like like pretty much shoved that down my throat. Like he said, "Have you beat The Witcher Three yet?" And he was like, "No, you're." He's like, "P, you're bullshitting, man. Come on, just <laughs> play the damn game. Beat it." Like. So I had to like literally sat down and beat it and was like, yeah, I really like this game. Because at the same time, I was reading the books too. So I'm like, yeah, I'm really invested in this world. I've like, not read I, the books, but I've heard good things. Yeah, that's it's really good. So it really gives you an idea of Geralt and Cirilla and like Trish and Unifer and like just the world of Novograd and the location where they are they're at. And it's just it was just great to like read it and then play it but he has such a great when he said that it was so true because like how you said you did 32 games in the summer Mm -hmm. i literally just like beat all the games i own right now like i said like there's no way that i'm gonna review a game and not have a and have a back catalog if that makes sense like i'm not gonna have a back catalog if i have all these other games coming out at the same time. So I made right. it I made it a thing to beat Persona near Witcher Samus Returns, as you know, as I tweeted it. Oh yeah, yeah. Of Final Fantasy twelve. Finally beat that game. I was like, this is actually a pretty good game. I don't know why it does like I don't know why it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Everyone doesn't like it. Um I'm, I'm I'm one of those. I was not a fan. You weren't a fan of Final Fantasy XII? No, Dang. I did not have a good time. By like 25-ish hours, I was like, is it over yet? Am I done? Is this the final <laughs> level? How about this one? Is it not? Come on. I think I think, I think it's because the dungeons and like fighting the boss, like furry bosses in one place, and you're like, really? Yeah. I liked the concept. I liked the Gambit system. I did not like the license board. There were too many menus. Like, when I spend 75% of my gameplay running through a menu, I'm just not having a good time. <laughs> I, I can I can see what you're saying, but I was just like, yeah, I went ahead and beat it. I was like, okay, this is good. Uh, trade in to GameStop, please. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, what do you want, sir? I'm like... Put money down for Assassin's Creed. <laughs> That's gonna be a good one. You think it's gonna be good? So, like, Origins? Oh yeah. yeah. What? Um, like, so I'm trying to go in blindfolded with that. What are your expectations for it? Um, I know. I know it's gonna be so different from all the others. At first, when they were like, "Oh, it's gonna be set in Egypt," I was like, "Oh, Egypt? Yeah, not really that interested." But the more I see of it, the more combat, the more missions, the more just environment like oh, this all the stuff you can do it, i'm so excited for it but 
I'm getting Mario Odyssey instead. I told myself I wasn't going to get both at the same time. Um, I thought about it for a while. Um, decided to go with Mario Odyssey for now. But I definitely plan to pick up Assassin's Creed. Um, probably, maybe probably around Christmas will be when I get that one. Now, but I think what a lot of people are saying about that is that it's, it is true is that everything's coming out next Friday at the same time. And it's just <laughs> weird. Yeah. Like, like Wolfenstein 2 comes out on the 27th, too. It huh? does. I, I forget about that one just because it's like third tier to the other two. And I mean, yeah. people are excited. It's going to be a good, good game. Uh, people love the first one and it's DLC. But I'm just. When I think of the twenty seventh, I see Marlowski and see Assassin's Creed, and that's that's all I really think of. Oh, and, and if you're a Netflix fan, you're also getting Stranger Things too. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game, man. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, like what should we like play and what should we not play? Yeah. But seeing how you seem to like Assassin's Creed. Do you feel like it's an Assassin's Creed game, though? I don't know. But without having played any kind of demo or beta or anything for it, I can't honestly say. I think it's the natural evolution for Assassin's Creed. Nothing has really changed since, what, two? Mm-hmm. Maybe three? Like, they've done different environments. Like, four was drastically different. I hear a lot of people say that one is a it's a great game. It's a bad Assassin's Creed game because you don't feel like an assassin while you're playing it. It's, it's just a good pirate game is what I've heard people say. With Black Flag? Yeah. Um, and I can see where they're coming from. But, I mean, all the mechanics are still there from back from Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood and 3 and all those. So I wouldn't say it's not an Assassin's Creed game. It's just different from the others, but not in the same way that Origins will be different. No, that's mm-hmm. kind of confusing wording wise, but no, I no, get what I'm saying. No, I get what you're saying. Like I just know people are like worried that it's not the same because like you know you have a level system in it and now like the buttons aren't the same because you're like but isn't that good for the company not to pretty much just re-release the same type of game? Like we've mentioned before, like with Mario and Zelda, like like that's your bread and butter, but like we got to change it up somewhat. And that's exactly right. Um, as you know, ever since the first Assassin's Creed came out, I think it's been, uh, they've been releasing a new one like every single year until mm-hmm. Syndicate came out two years ago. And then they decided to skip uh, 20, 2016, because um, they wanted to spend more time focusing on nailing what they want in a evolved Assassin's Creed game, and that's exactly what we're getting in Origins. It took them an extra year, but from the look of it, it is going to be so worth it. Yeah, like I can't wait. But like I said, I'll I will have both. So it's like I'm probably going to have some friends play the Switch Mario, mm-hmm. like while I play Assassin's Creed. That way I can review both at the same time. So like go ahead. Now you you how often do you check out reviews? Um I check out pretty much 
um, a good four or five reviews um, for each like major release that I'm interested in. Okay. Um, even so, if there's games I'm not super interested in, if I know it's going to be like a big game, I still like to you know check it out just to see what the general consensus is for it. Now, what is no? With that being said, like we look at IGN scores or Game Informer scores. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about their scoring system and like how they arrive to a game being a nine when like you might think it's not really a nine? Like I don't, that one's kind of hard to say. Like at face value, like when I go to a, re- a review, I like to see the score just to see like how good or bad it is. But at the same time, I know deep down the score is pretty meaningless. I mean, if something's not an eight, people are start disregarding it if it's a seven forget it and you know like if five is average there's not many average games out there everything is a seven or eight or nine and a half or what have you and so i feel like the points have lost their meaning over the last few years um for a while i was really liking the kotaku articles of their reviews it was just a yes or no would they recommend the game it was more of like a conversation in a sense, with the reader, they would um, give you a list of what they liked about the game, what they didn't like about the game, and if they could recommend it. But, you know, at face value, it's still the same thing. It's a score. It's, that one's either it's just a 100 or a 0. Um, so I don't focus so much on those scores nowadays, but I do really take a, a good hard look at the pros and cons of each game, the likes and the dislikes, and just the different reviewers' thoughts. It's funny how when you see one review, you've pretty much seen them all. They all say a lot of the same stuff. But every now and then you'll see someone that has a different viewpoint of the game. And I like finding those comparisons. That's cool. Well, like I asked that because like the way I review my games isn't based off of a, well, it used to be off of a 10 out of 10 score uh, trying to formulate myself around the IGN brand of how they do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but now I've come to the conclusion that, well, I don't need to really do that. So the way I'm going to do it instead of like actual out of 10 scores, because like that's what people care about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do mine off of an influence score out of five. Okay. So, so if that makes sense to you, like yeah, yeah, no, like, I, I think I follow. Like just like how, let's say, um, the new uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. I'm just throwing a game out there, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. It'll get a four out of five on its influence scale, and it'll tell you what influences it has within the game that would make you want to play it. I gotcha. That makes sense. Instead of having like a ten out of ten score, like well, buy the game or rent the game. Well, you can do that, but at the end of the day, like I feel like there's some influences in everything. Like the Lost Legacy, Uncharted. I don't know if you're an Uncharted fan. Oh, I love it. I haven't played Lost Legacy, but I've played my fair share of one through four. Okay, I like I've said like when I did that review, I said like on YouTube, I said the game is good, not great. Like, and, like, I got a lot of criticism from, like, my friends saying that, like, what do you mean it's good and not great? I'm like, 
why does good have a negative conjugate to it? You know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. saying it's a good game. Like, I'm telling you to play the game still, but it's not worth 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> so, I wanted, uh, I, I looked at that and I was like, well, I'm all about influences. Why don't we change it up a bit so people can see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. But I think that could go really well. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Yeah, so I'm just curious because like everyone like has their different opinions about reviews because like some people think that well they're being paid off. I'm like really, like uh, I've never gotten that feel from um. I know a lot of people are like really do believe that, and other people are really against it. And I mean, if it happened, it happens. But I've never seen any kind of like indication that that it really is the case. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, like you're talking about Assassin's Creed, like how it's better, but like I think what's going to be great about this, and like I'm not won't bring race up too much, but like seeing more ethnicity in video games is what's making it better for a lot of others that want to play it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you've seen that or not. But like we have, like we have like two like two of the big games that came out this year, Horizon Zero Dawn and The Lost Legacy, are female protagonists throughout. Like, right, and those were like big deals in a sense, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, like it's a good feel though. Like it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good. It's good that we're getting this diversity in video games. Right, like I'm just like yeah. Because, like, granted, we've had we've had Laura Croft, but she disappeared for a while. Now she's back. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and like you said, we have Uncharted, which is great. I like. I'm glad that you like it. I'm a fan. Because, like, The Last of Us, I know you're probably a fan of that too. Oh man, anything Naughty Dog is pretty <laughs> much going to be on my list. Oh really? Well, some people say they don't like Jack and Dexter. I'm like, wait, I love Jack and Dexter. No, it's not okay. Um, Naughty Dog and Insomniac, and somewhat Sucker Punch. Um, I call them the golden trifecta of the PS2, because you had Sly Cooper from Sucker Punch, Ratchet and Clank from Insomniac, and Jack and Daxter from Naughty Dog. Of those three, Jack and Daxter was my least favorite. Not to say I didn't like it. I love it. Jack and Daxter is really fun, but of those three, it is number three. No, but I'm then, more of a... hmm? go ahead. You're fine. Oh, I was gonna say, oh. and then when we got to the PS3 with the Uncharted games, that blew Resistance out of the water. Um, I like Resistance. Um, it's fun, but it's not Uncharted. And Resistance was done by Insomniac. But then there's Infamous, done by Sucker Punch, which would be my favorite of all three of those. And so. It just uh, it goes back and forth, just depending on which um, generation we're talking about. Now, how do you feel? Because, like, I feel like I've asked this a question a bunch of times, but I feel like I'm getting a different answer from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when people say Uncharted is nothing but a movie game? I don't believe that. It it is very cinematic. It has, um, you know, those quick time events somewhat in there. Um, you do play it a lot for the story because it's engaging. You like the characters. You want the characters to win. But the opening of two, you know, when Drake is hanging from the train car, you're just like, 
oh my goodness, is he okay? Is he going to get out of this? How, what is he going to do? How is he going to get to get past this? But at the same time, you have that core gameplay of the third person shooter with the cover and like the different layouts of the areas. You have the puzzles, like they could turn it into a movie and it would be phenomenal. But first and foremost, it's a game and you know, it always will be. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I agree with that because like, I'm a, I, like, I had to like bring it up. Like I understand why people think it's a movie game, but like, it's a game like nonetheless. And like, it's really fun. Like it's a probably one of the most thrilling experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And like, there's like some points like where I really didn't care about you know the whole um, like there's always like shooting. Oh, like at certain points, like you'll get a movie scene and like nothing but shooting for like the next twenty minutes. I'm like, all right, this guy died down for like at least two seconds, right? Uh, <laughs> please, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely. But um, how do you feel about The Last of Us, though? Like, how are you ready for Last of Us 2? Or... Oh, so ready. I, um, my head is just, oh, I want it so bad. Um, I want them to release more information about it. Um, but mm-hmm. Last of Us 1, I, I, I heard it was good. You know, it got great review scores. But, okay, people really like this game. I'll check it out. It's by Naughty Dog. I love Uncharted. Let's try it. I did not go in expecting to be moved like I was. Um, you've played it, yeah? Yeah, I played it. I love uh, it. Yeah, like, I... Like, hmm? Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm looking, just looking up some stuff to see if there's okay. anything about it. Gotcha. Hey, that's all. Yeah, um, <laughs> it... I mean, just, again, this Naughty Dog is a master of making characters that you care about and those stories that keep you interested as you go along. Last of Us is a lot more tense than Uncharted is, just because of the setting. It's apocalyptic. You have the clickers. You got the people. It's very emotional, and the way um, Joel and Ellie kind of, you know, they're forced into the story together. But as they go on, you can see them like start to really connect, and just, I mean, it, it's good. And the opening sequence alone had me in tears. Like this is the first like fifteen minutes of the game. You don't you don't do a whole lot there. Um if like no, I would call Last of Us uh, more of a movie title than Uncharted. But again, first and foremost, it's a game and that's just what it is. But just the way they do the storytelling is phenomenal and really keeps you invested. Um, I'd say even more so than Uncharted, and at times. Okay, okay. Like I, I agree with. I, I get what you're saying because, like, I looked at it as like you said, like two people coming together, but they need each other to survive. Kind of like The Walking Dead, but better. <laughs> like definitely. But it's yeah. like Naughty Dog just has this knack of doing it, and like when they released the second one, like you said, it was just like, like the trailer. Just like you guys are really doing this. <laughs> yeah, like it was one. I was not expecting there to be a sequel. Um, just the way they ended it, it was perfect. I mean, I'm glad they're doing a sequel. I just hope they do it right. But I'm not even that worried about it because I mean, it's Naughty Dog. Their track record's like 100, percent just about. So yeah. I, I have faith that they're gonna do it justice. 
No, I don't know if you've heard about the allegations that are going around Naughty Dog right now, though. Have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a post about that on Twitter a uh, day or so back. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little weird in a sense because, like, I guess, like with this whole Harvey Weinstein thing going around, like everything just needs to happen <laughs> all at once. We have this hashtag Me Too. I'm really not for sure about that. So. With whatever's going on, so it's like me too. Like, well, everyone's stepping up now, but mm-hmm. it's like I don't like if we don't even know if the person's going to push to sue Naughty Dog for it. You know, company in jeopardy for not actually being able to create like The Last of Us Two or Uncharted or anything else. But it was just weird. The timing is just weird. If that makes sense. No, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. It was very strange timing for sure. It's just like I'm like I'm just like I'm just I'm upset that that might have might have happened to the guy. Mm-hmm. But why didn't you tell your boss? <laughs> yeah, like whenever they released that they didn't have any kind of record of anything. I'm like, what? What? What can happen next? I don't know what the next step is for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I like it was just weird saying, well, let's just hope that I'm pretty sure more information will come out over the next couple of weeks and we'll oh, find out. Yeah, but probably. How did you feel about how did you feel about E3, man? <laughs> Overall it was somewhat of a letdown to be completely honest with you. Um there's a lot of stuff there I was hoping to see that I didn't. Ooh, but um well um mostly Last of Us too. Um, you know, they led with the uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy thing, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I was excited for it. I haven't played it yet. Like I said, not worth 40 bucks. I kind of saw that just from what I saw at E3. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be a full-length game. I mean, especially judging by the not full game price. But to me, it seems more like a 20 maybe $30 game. Mm-hmm. But not quite 40 bucks. Um and then Naughty Dog was like, oh, we're saving The Last of Us until after Uncharted goes through, which as a business move, it's smart. I, I understand why they did it. It's just, it's what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't uh, a lot of God of War 3, sadly. There wasn't a lot of information oh, on that. Right. I mean, we just mean God of War. Because that's uh, pretty, Right, yeah. Pretty no, I don't know why I said 3. It's definitely just God of War. <laughs> 3 came out years ago, man. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, talking about ports, you know, earlier in the episode, it got ported to PS4 from the PS3. Mm -hmm. It's one of those that stands the test of time. It's just as good now as it was when it came out. But um, I I really like the Spider-Man stuff they showed. It was good to see some new concrete gameplay of that rather than just the teaser trailer they released last year. Yeah. And then the only other thing I really wanted was Kingdom Hearts 3, which they showed at the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra concert, which is like, this isn't part of E3, but here you go. Here's a trailer. And that was awesome. And then, but it, there wasn't anything about it at E3. There wasn't any news or information about it. They just had that trailer from the concert, which was phenomenal. But, you know, I just was expecting more, I guess. Which maybe that's greedy to expect like so much from these companies but e3 is just like that time of year you think they're gonna 
come out with everything. Yeah, but like you said, I think that's just us as gamers because, like, at the end of the day, we just kind of realized that we all had to work together, like publishers, journalists, reviewers, just gamers, and like and developers. We all have to work together to be able to create a better atmosphere for games. Like, so like Final Fantasy 15, like when they gave us that option to play the demo, I don't know if you played the Final Fantasy 15. Oh, demo. yeah. Uh, I bought Final Fantasy Zero at 60 bucks yes. to play mm-hmm. the demo. Yeah, exactly. I did too. So it's like when they asked for your feedback, that was great because they changed a lot. Like they said, okay. Oh, yeah, well, they're like, well, you guys don't like this, then we'll change it this way to make it better. Instead of, because I remember like when Noctis would do it, it was like random, like sword mm-hmm. fight. So it's like you're like, your sword would just change it to like randomly. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, you guys don't like that? Okay. Are you we'll talking make about episode Dusk Guy? Yeah. yeah. Actually, it wasn't random. Um, there was uh, like kind of a hidden menu that you would go to. And it was it was a set order every time. He would have like an opening weapon, and then uh, like a thrusting weapon, and then like a final hit weapon. And you could change that around and see how it affected the different combos, which was cool. It kind of had that, like that strategy aspect of it, but I much prefer what they went to at the final game, where you just flick the D pad and it's a whole new weapon until you decide to change it again. Yeah. It felt way better and like more like what I wanted. It felt more Kingdom Hearts-ish. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's exactly what, what I felt like they were going for, which mm-hmm. threw a lot of people off. But it, I, I think it also got a lot of people interested in Kingdom Hearts when people kept seeing that comparison of the combat. It felt like Kingdom Hearts. So, and, I, yeah. And all those influences, like you're influential going mm-hmm. back and forth. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, what you were saying is like, we, we expect so much and we never get, but like at the end of the day, like like video games are like 60 bucks. And they should actually be more if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, with all the different um, costs to go into it. We also have to think of just how many uh, games, like how many discs they sell um, mm-hmm. and how many are bought digitally. Um, I don't remember numbers, but... There's one game that came out recently that sold like what a couple million in a week or something. I don't know. It was insane. Can't remember what it was, but I think it was like near near did something like that. I know it did. Yeah, it hit some some kind of record for sure. Like it like it's doing record numbers right now. It's just like crazy. And like we keep on talking about how like there's no games for like the Switch or any games out right now. Well. Let's just go ahead and tell you, Nintendo did that shit on purpose. They told you, you better go ahead and beat all your games right now, because this game called Mario Odyssey is about to drop in a week. <laughs> right, and what Nintendo has done is smart. You know, it launched with Breath of the Wild, which, I mean, that's the smartest thing they've done in a while. That was awesome. And then they, every two months, they're releasing a new AAA big Nintendo title. They released ARMS a couple months later, then... Mario Rabbids and now Mario Odyssey and and the, um I think Xeno Blade it is um set to come out before Christmas and so mm-hmm. like it's a very steady release of these new games they're giving you time to play these games that you're buying before they throw another AAA title at your face 
Yeah, so like when Metroid comes out next year, but like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have time. Yeah, they've got a Pokemon really fan. Oh, yeah. So Nintendo Switch getting Pokemon. How do you feel about that? I am so excited. I want to know more. Because, again, that greediness in me is I want to know everything. Because they've released like almost zero details about it. They're like, it's happening. There you go. Um, want to know more. Actually, I'm not a fan of Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. That really? hasn't Yeah, I mean, first of all, I didn't like Sun and Moon anyway, to be honest. X and Y were the last ones I really enjoyed. I played through Sun. It took me like four or five different like sessions of like, oh, I'm going to play Pokemon for a week. Okay, I'm bored. Put it away for a few weeks or a month. Come back later. Okay, I'm going to do the next island now and then finish it and be like, okay, I'm bored again. It took a lot of those to get me through it. Just something about it didn't catch me the way um, the rest of them did. I think it was because there was a cutscene like every two feet, it seemed. No, normally I'm into that, but not for a portable Pokemon game. I think they try to go too hard on the story, and for whatever reason, it just didn't capture me like they wanted it to. Like X and Y and like Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, those. those were, yeah, those were good. They focused more on the gameplay. You know, they had the story in X and Y, which is really cool. I, like honestly, I couldn't tell you all the details about it, but overall it was just about you trying to go through and learn about mega evolution. But which was weird that they took it away in in sun and moon. Yeah. That really threw me for a loop. They got, no, they took away the mega evolutions and added the Z crystals, which was like, is this something they really needed to change right now? Like they just introduced this and then all of a sudden it's just not there anymore. It, it just it felt too drastic of a change. Mm-hmm, you I mean, I, I don't generally like change anyway. That's why, I think that's one reason I like the Mario Zelda games. The small incremental tweaks they make here and there, uh, gradually making it better and better. Um, Breath of the Wild is the you know the outlier in that situation. It was like completely different, and I loved it. But mm-hmm. something about the new Pokemon games just don't sit right with me. Now, are you, are you a big, uh, you pretty much like CG Project Red then, right? The company? Yeah. Um, oh, it sounds so familiar. They did. Oh, they made The Witcher. Oh, yeah, that, that was The Witcher. Witcher, I liked. I haven't beaten it. Um, hmm. It's not one of those I've played in like a few different sessions. I've put in five to ten hours into it like at a time and then I don't play it for a few months. But um, last time I played, I got through the Red Baron storyline, and I made it to, like, the second or third big story area. So, uh, and I'm interested in it, but it's not one I can just sit down and play all day, every day. It it has a bit of intimidation feel to it. Someone said, like, Harry, like, if you like The Witcher, I mean, like, if you like Breath of the Wild, you need to go play The Witcher. So, yeah. (laughs) I gotcha. So, you, like, so pretty much what I'm saying is, like, I'm pretty much open world burnt out right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've you've done a lot of those. That's why more rabbit is so refreshing. It's much more linear. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I like we'll, we'll wind down because I know you're kind of tired. Uh, here, first off, thank you for still coming on to the show. That's oh, yeah, of course, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Okay, but, begin with. oh, any, anytime, bro. I'm enjoying it. Like, you're welcome on anytime as like more games come out and like any more recommendations. You have any recommendations for a game to play, like for me to like sit down and play? That's yeah, um. You sounds like you've really played all the new ones, the big ones recently, Horizon, Uncharted, Breath of the Wild, and all of those. Um, Got any like back back catalog games that like I should like games. invest in? Um. Well, how far back do you go? Do you have a 360 or a PS3, or do you just have, I have a PS3? PS3. Have, PS3. have you played Nino Kuni? Oh God. <laughs> I had yet. to beat it then. <laughs> oh, you haven't played it yet? I have it. Like, I have it. I'm looking right at it right oh, now. Oh, so you have it, but you haven't beaten it. Yeah, so. Okay. Now, that's when you have to go through. The new one's coming out in, like, January. Yeah. It's, it's going to be good. Um, so, I, I really have to play it. Is it that good? Oh, man, it's phenomenal. It's another one that had me in tears in the first hour. Like I said, I'm like I'm kind of like sort of deeper into the story. I'm like I just got the girl not too long ago. Oh, okay, so you're probably what five, ten hours in. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, no, you honestly don't get her until a good ways in. Um, you still got, I'd say a good thirty hours left at least. Okay, um, like said, give or I, take, I, depending I, on how many. Um, Familiars you try to collect. I will definitely check that out then because, like, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. And, like, if you recommend, like, it's my job to play the game. That way, when you come back onto the show, we can talk about it together. Right. Yeah, sounds good. That one. And then another one more out there is the Ratchet and Clank remake. If you haven't played it yet, I've never played Ratchet and Clank. So, okay. Yeah, uh, the remake on PS4 is a fantastic starting point for you. Okay. So check that out. If you, yes, PS4. Okay. They do have the um, trilogy on PS3, the like the Ratchet Clank collection. That's all the PS2 games, including the first one. Um, that that one, of course, is not the remake. That's just the very original first one. So like, part of me wants to be like, yeah, play the original one before you play the remake, so you can compare. But at the other time, I just want to be like, just play the new one because it's that much better. So it's that one's kind of borderline. Uh, it's kind of more up to you. Okay, no, I'll check it out. Like it's definitely on the list. Now, do you have any questions for me? Um, what made you start up this podcast? What made you just realize I need to um talk about the influences of these games and get all this out there for the world? The Last Garden. <laughs> no, okay. wait. Uh, that was the actually the first game I played with my little sister. Like, really? Yep. Like that's the first game we played together, and at the end of the day, um, it felt like it was time for me to do something. Like I like I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Like I listen to Joe Rogan Experience. I listen to Rooster Teeth. I go all over the place. I listen to like you know maybe. 
Alice Isn't Dead or like Welcome to Night Bell. I'll listen to all those type of podcasts, but the ones that really honed in on the way I wanted to focus on was like Joe Rogan and Rooster Teeth. Because like those two were like, dang, we could talk about whatever we want mm-hmm. without really having like any like realm of like, oh, we're gonna talk about this and talk about that. So I just looked at it like, well, we talk about video games and how like they might have an influence on your life. Because like there's one game that I have, it's still unopened to this day. And it's a DS DS game. And you you probably know it. Uh the world ends with you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. When you said DS, <laughs> unopened DS game, I was like, is it the one I'm thinking of? And it was. <laughs> oh gosh, man. Yeah, it's one that's I've been trying to track down for a while. I need to oh, play it. To turn it down. Okay. <laughs> I've heard it's fantastic. Um, I never heard of it until Dream Drop Distance. Of course, oh, it's wow. a Kingdom Hearts. Well, why not? But um, in that one, you know, Traverse Town is um, they have the World of with You characters, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I went and kind of looked up what the game was, and it just kind of looked confusing at first, just like seeing the gameplay without like learning it. And I was like, that looks kind of you know, bizarre, but I've always like been interested in it, but I never really got around to purchasing it, and now I can't find one. But I'm just making sure of the name of the na- main character because I think I should be might. Neku. Ne- I thought it was Neku, but for some reason it doesn't sound like it. But like Neku, the picture of it, like, it, or something like that. Yeah, like when I, I've read the story about it, I'm like, yo, this is really cool, but also. Um, I wrote a play about it. It's like the, it's called "The World Ends with You," and oh wow, it was really, really cool. Like how I did it, but what I liked about it was that, like Naku, like you said, like his, like the picture of "The World Ends with You" is what makes me like it so much. Is that he has his headphones on and he's distancing distancing out everything that's going on around him. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that's what podcasts do because like, it's not so often that you get to sit down with somebody and just talk, just right yeah. conversations about video games or whatever you want to talk about. It's just we just don't have time to do that right now. So it's just mm-hmm. like for like me to ask you, like, hey, do you want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's cool and like. Video games are just ha- are so more important to me now. Like, honestly, I can go ahead and tell you that in the last two years since college, because I didn't have a lot of time, so I played football. I didn't understand what you're talking about. I didn't play as many games back then. So, like, my other friends that played nothing but games, I feel like I'm catching up, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm learning myself. You get what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, definitely. So it's like I'm catching up, but I'm still learning and I'm still having fun doing it. So it's really fun just to be able to sit down and talk about video games. But I'm just saying that within the last three years was actually the first time have been the first times I've actually beaten all my games. And it's been something different, like to actually beat them. Like, and that was me this last summer. Like I was tired of. You know, just game hopping, like 
get like halfway through this game and oh get bored and I'm gonna play this now or get distracted by a new game coming out or oh this game's on sale I'm gonna buy it and start it and play two hours and be done like yeah I, I just had room. such a backlog and like I need to get through these and I'm so glad I did and honestly bro I just like being a fucking nerd if honestly <laughs> like it's cool as hell like like it's just not a it's like I've made Facebook status is like before like Nintendo Switch came out. I said like it's just the perfect time to be a gamer, or or whatever. It really is. Like, like there was a time you in right yeah. back in college, like sophomore year or something. You know, as I was getting more into my studies and stuff, I was like, you know what? I maybe it's time I kind of put gaming aside, and you know, I need to not invest all my money in games, and just need to spend my time away from my game systems and do something else. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, I would lose out on so much, so many connections with people over these games. Like that's how most of my friendships started. We get talking about stuff like, Hey, what are you, what are your interests? I play video games. Oh, Hey, me too. What do you play? I love that game back and forth. And like I would lose that, and then of course they announced PS4, and I was like, "Okay, forget that idea about quitting games. I'm buying a PS4." And it just, and I'm really glad I didn't stop like I thought I would. Um, I've never regretted it since. Exactly, man. Like it's just, it's just cool because like we can talk about it and we get it. Like, or the fact that like you presented to me a game that I've been thinking about. Like, damn, I really got to put my <laughs> PS3 up just to play this damn game. <laughs> And you mentioned it, so it's definitely had to be played. I'm surprised because I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm surprised you don't get Monster Hunter when it comes out. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played the other ones, but the way they presented Monster Hunter World on PS4, it is it's open world, and that's uh, it seems more not story based, but more streamlined. Mm-hmm. And I don't know something about oh, it. Oh, seemed... Hope I answered your question too. By the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, do what? Hope I answered your question too. I'm sorry. I'm oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you did definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just making sure. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't mean to cut you off, but hope I answered right. your question. <laughs> and no, 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 yeah. Oh, we got on a tangent, but yeah, you definitely answered it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, much harder. Not a series I've played before, but the new one looks just so interesting to me not sure it's going to be a day one purchase for me just depends on when it exactly when it comes out and what all is around it and what my you know schedule looks like at the time but it's definitely one i do plan to pick up at some point i'm i know it's a january 26th release date but i've got to make sure for both of us that it doesn't come out the same day as Nino Kuni 2. January 19th is when Nino Kuni 2 comes out. January 19th. So, yeah. So we're Monster Hunter. Like a week apart. Yeah, so I like how everything's coming out like a week apart or like maybe a month apart. It's better mm-hmm. that way. Monster yeah, fall has always been a, it's a great time, but it's a tough time for gamers. Oh. Because everything's releasing, getting ready for the holidays and Black Friday and Christmas. In January, it tends to slow down. But you know, we've already got Nino Kuni, Monster Hunter, Dragon Ball yeah. Fighter Z scheduled for February. Next week's gonna hit. It's gonna you know get off the ground yeah. running. 
Yeah, so, and what's crazy is that, like, we're talking, like, that is crazy, though, like, damn, like, you you had to, like, pace yourself. And, like, people say, like, they don't want to see reviews because, like, they just, like, rush through them. But, like, I know some people that are really good reviewers that take their damn times. They even Twitch stream and just go, like, look, the game will be up soon. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah. how, how do you feel? About the Star Wars Battlefront, too. Ooh, that's one like I'm not gonna have the time to play it, but I'm gonna get it anyway. That's one mm. I cannot say no to. Um, How did you feel about the beta? You, cause I didn't get a chance. So oh, I know you, you get to play the beta, man. No, oh. I know I didn't have the chance. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was good. It was so much fun. It was a little not unbalanced, but you know, it was a beta, so people weren't always playing the objective. I think once the actual game releases, that will kind of change. Um, you know, because the main uh, draw of the beta was playing uh, Galactic Assault on Theed, on Abu, uh, where the droids escort their MTT to the palace while the droid or while the clones try to stop it. And then the, if the droids make it, they have to infiltrate the palace and then take over the throne room. Well. Um, the clones could easily stop the MTT in the very first round, but if they don't work together, that's not going to happen. And nine times out of ten, you would have people just not even think about destroying the MTT and just go after the different droids to get up their kill count, which doesn't – it wasn't helping the objective at all. So I think uh, when – Are you more excited for this or Call of Duty? Oh, this definitely. Um, Star Wars is my jam. I love anything Star Wars. I've never honestly been a Call of Duty fan. wasn't allowed to play it growing up like a lot of kids were. It's like Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, I've never been into because I was never allowed to play them. And then by the time I moved out to college and you know, could kind of like, you know, get my own games, I just, I already was influenced by the games I grew up with. And so those just weren't in that, you know, circle of my life. And I never yeah. ended up getting them in there. But you definitely sound like you you would be willing to step outside of your comfort zone just to play a game. I'm just saying. Right. No, I would. But it's dropping that 60 bucks on a game that comes out, you know, a week and a half before Star Wars Battlefront or a week after Mario Odyssey that I've already got my eye on. There's yeah. just... Uh, being you no know, this time of year there's too many games coming out right now for me to really step aside from what i want just to try you know call of duty now what's crazy is that have you ever played spec ops i have not well there's a book called significant zero i recommend it okay and it ties back into everything that we've been talking about is that how this guy Graduate from college because, like, I graduated from college like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, he said, like, look, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a writer. And what he said is that, and like, it's really about a book how he got into the gaming industry, not really playing video games. Anyways, he knew what he wanted to do. And along the lines, he actually worked on Bioshock. I don't know if you ever. Ooh, oh, man. Like, he, he had a chance to work on Bioshock. He had a chance to work on some pretty high games. And like one of the best written games of all time 
is Spec Ops. And what he said, and like, it's really just a detailed book about how the gaming industry really is, like from the ground up, from someone that didn't have anything to becoming a little better. And like, I actually tweeted it at the at Walt Williams, who the, the writer of it, like the author of it, and said like, I'm glad I read this because now I'm in the gaming industry. Like, I'm, he liked it. I was like, wow, that's actually mind-blowing to me, kind of, sort of. Oh, man, that's but, awesome. But it's like, what I'm trying to say is that he, even when he was about to step away, he said he couldn't step away. <laughs> he couldn't because, like, what's crazy is because I know you saw that tweet with John Boyega. Like, you said, like, well, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. But what he what he said was, hey, what happened is, like, he said he got a call from EA, and I'm not trying to spoil the book. He even came out and said, um, he said, well, I don't, I know who EA was. I don't, whatever they said, I don't care. I'm not going to do it. He said, well, we were wondering if you want to write the story for Star Wars Battlefront 2. And he said, why did I even think I could leave this damn job? <laughs> <laughs> He's on the a storyboard board for the campaign of Battlefront Two. Um, huh. so he's yeah, like he, helping write the story. Yeah, he 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 did write. Yeah, he pretty much write the story. Oh, dude. Yeah. So oh, man, like, pretty awesome. much. So pretty much, he was done. Like he wasn't gonna do anything else. And then mm-hmm. like called him and asked him. He was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, <laughs> man, that is too cool. I mean, but the thing is, though, he said, like, he wasn't going to take the job because he was ha- about to have a newborn. Mm-hmm. And he said he was half he was half around the country. He said he was in, like, Germany or somewhere. And all oh, of a sudden, man. that tweet goes live with John Boyega. And then he looked at his <laughs> wife, and, like, his wife said, you got to do it. John Boyega said, you got to do it. <laughs> like, really? Okay. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad that you're a Star Wars fan. Oh yeah, so excited! It's a great year to be a Star mm-hmm. Wars fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got Episode Eight coming out. I just ran through all of Star Wars myself. Nice. Because uh, one of my friends, she's never seen them, so I was like, "Oh, great." That's funny. I did that with a friend before Force Awakens came out a couple years back. Ooh, so how did you run it? I'm just curious. We, we five, did. Six, um, or one, no, two, he, three? he wanted to do um, chronological. Mm-hmm. So we ran one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. I didn't, like, I wanted to, like, I felt like if I did it with her, she would be bored mm-hmm. right off the bat. So I had her watch four, five, six. So she'd go like, oh, my God, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> and then watch one, two, three. Yeah, no, um, I'm fully, um, I, I back the release order for sure, but um, my friend who hadn't seen it before wanted to do chronological. I'm like, you're the one who hasn't seen it. This is what you want to do. I'll do this for you. So that's what we did. But in most <laughs> situations, I am very um, a strong advocate of release order um, versus <laughs> chronological. Um, yeah. So... I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, but Kingdom Hearts is the exact same way. They yeah, release right. them not in chronological order, but the way they do it just presents the story in such a way that it works. If you tried playing them chronologically, it wouldn't make probably nearly as much sense if, as if mm-hmm. you played them 
that is the way they came out. I agree with you totally, bro. And before we write it down, do you have any more questions for me? <laughs> um, not now, but I mean, if I ever think of any, I, I won't um, hesitate to tweet at you or something. Okay, I got you, bro. Like, you're always welcome. Where can we find you at? <laughs> um, I'm just uh, on Twitch. Um, I'm Sazzy Snorlax. Um, but I'm mostly active on Twitter. Also, Snazzy Snorlax. Okay. Um, Good thanks for coming on, Tyler. And I am Perry, and you can find me on Twitter at Agent Platypus23. And I guess on Twitch as Engulf1424. I'm really trying to change that to Agent Platypus. It just fits <laughs> me better. I'm a I like finish the verb, so well, that's oh, my name. Man. Again, <laughs> once again, a whole another whole another ball game. I love Phineas and Ferb as well. Um, like I just love the fact that your name is Perry, and that you went with the platypus uh, for your username. That just makes me so happy. Yeah. Also, um, disclaimer: uh, Twitter is actually at Snazzy Snorlax forty two. Okay, um, gotcha. there's a forty two at the end there. I forgot okay. about. <laughs> okay, we got you. And like I said, this has been another episode of Awoy Gaming. It's been fun uh talking about video games as like because next week guys i just we've said it i've said it throughout this whole episode um if you didn't play any games if you play persona if you played any games this year you might as well drop them now so you can play mario odyssey (laughs) i just have a feeling that nintendo is going to run away with the game of the year candidates and Zelda and Mario. Oh, it's man, just going to be fantastic. He said it's going to be fantastic. And we'll be. if you, <laughs> if you like this episode will be available on iTunes where you can leave a five star reviews. And that's all we ask for five star reviews. Nothing negative. Keep that to yourselves. We would like feedback, but all positive feedback. And this will be on YouTube and any of your podcast directories. And this has been another episode of AWOY Gaming. And we'll talk at you later, guys. Peace. Later.